0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. 1 John chapter 2, and I'm going to read a little bit here. I got some... Before we actually get into the scriptures, I'm going to read uh, something that I, some things that I wrote down here. Things to remind ourselves concerning Foundations Bible study. You know, sometimes... Uh, we forget about these things, and we need to remember them uh, and realize, uh, remind ourselves of why we're studying, why we're looking at things. You know, study is not always the most exciting thing in the world. Um, but like any truth, when you do it, it gets exciting, right? That's when it gets exciting. How many you have, have chosen to, to apply the nature of God's love within you to your life, and it changed your life? or apply your authority in Jesus' name, and you've watched him do awesome things in your life. That's when things really uh, come about. But why, why do we meet for foundations? Luke six forty eight, and you stay where you're at, says this, um, talking about the man who hears the word and does it. He is like a man building a house who dug and went down deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. And when a flood arose, the torrent broke against the house and could not shake it or move it. Because it had been securely built or founded on a rock. So the reason why we study the Word of God is very simply this. It is because we want to be founded on a rock. Amen? I mean, if you, if you want to live in a place where um, you're not moved by every little thing that happens in your life, then you'll want to go ahead and do the Word and be a doer of the Word and be founded on the rock. Amen? Amen? Because you're going to have to deal with stuff. D.L. Moody said this, so few grow because so few study. Donald Gray said, he said this, he said, and I think Billy Graham said this too. He said, if I only had three years to serve the Lord, I would spend two of them studying and preparing. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? But we oftentimes think differently than that, but study preparation is such a big deal. Foundations Bible Study is designed for those who desire to dig deep in their relationship with the Lord. Those who build their life on the rock of the Word of God and those who study to put into practice the truths that are revealed from the Scripture. Scriptures. Every Christian can experience life without shaking when they apply truth. It is the promise of Jesus Christ to his children. So tonight, we will be getting into, we will eventually here be getting into verse 12 of 1 John 2. First, though, I would like to read a commentary on verses 9 through 11 that we just completed. I really like this commentary. I think it'll wrap it up. But in reference to 1 John 2, verse 9 through 11, we finished these verses up last week concerning the commandment of love. Mark made the statement he couldn't dodge fast enough, you know, in hearing that message. You know, when you read the scriptures, there should be some, some uh, sting to it. If, if you're, if you're going, oh, well, I'm not doing that. You know, it should wake you up that way a little bit. And so that's not a bad thing, amen? How many growing up, uh, every once in a while, if you disobeyed your parents, you felt a sting? Yeah. Anyway, God's not any different. Um, so, uh, after this commentary, we will get, get into verse 12, which introduces a new section in 1 John chapter 2 on levels of maturity. So let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get into this. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we come expecting to hear from you and from the Holy Spirit. Father, I just yield myself to you. Speak to us. Lord, we desire to have our thinking transformed. So that we can see things clearly. We have open hearts to the Holy Spirit. Open hearts to your word. And what he would show us. And the utterance that he's provided for us. And so I yield myself to you. Speak through me Lord as you would speak. Lord I desire to present it the way you would desire. Or you would present it in in everything Lord. That is my goal. And so I yield myself. And we have ears to hear. And hearts to receive in Jesus name. Amen. Okay let me read this to you it says this contrary to popular opinion christians christian love is not blind when we practice true christian love we find life getting brighter and brighter hatred is what darkens life when true christian love flows out of our hearts We will have greater understanding and perception in spiritual things. You know, sometimes people think, well, I want to be spiritual. You know, I want to be activated in the prophetic and all of this stuff. Walk in love. Don't overcomplicate things. Now, there is truth to understanding the gifts of the Spirit and how to operate in these things. Um, But the reality is if you really want to see the way God sees You have to go live from the motivation that he lives from. And God is not so much, God is not, uh, love is his nature. It's not just something he does. And so when we love, we actually see, with his love, we see in the spirit. Now don't turn that into a weird thing. You know, sometimes people think, oh, yeah, I want to see in the Spirit. I want to see angels. First of all, let me say this. Don't chase seeing angels. Don't. Don't ever do that. Don't chase spectacular things. Feed on the Word of God. Pursue God. And if He chooses to let you see something, praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. But make sure you're not just trying to have visions every time you pray. Don't do it. You're going to get yourself into trouble. I'll just put it to you like that. And uh, it's not that I don't believe in those things. Not that I haven't experienced them. I could tell you experiences I've had if that was the direction we were going. But that's not the point. The point is we cannot, without the word of God and close relationship with the Lord, function in the spirit world or in that realm like we should. We need the Word, and we need God first place in our lives. Amen? And so keep that in mind um, as you're pursuing the Lord and enjoying fellowship with Him. um, Get really wrapped up in His love. So hatred is what darkens life when true Christians flow... ...love flows out of of our hearts, we will have greater understanding and perception in spiritual things. This is why Paul prays that our love may grow in knowledge and perception. That you may distinguish the things that differ. Philippians 1 verse 9 and 10 talks about distinguishing and having perception. A Christian who loves his brother is a Christian who sees more clearly... No book in the Bible illustrates the blinding power of hatred like the book of Esther. The events recorded there take place in Persia, where many of the Jews were living after the captivity. Haman, one of the king's chief men, had a burning hatred for the Jews. The only way he could satisfy this hatred was to see the whole nation destroyed. He plunged ahead in an evil plot, completely blind to the fact that the Jews would win and that he himself would be destroyed. If you want to have destruction that you wish on somebody else come to you, just keep living in hatred. And people say, well, yeah, that's right. God is going to do that to you. No, no. No, God is merciful and kind. He's trying to get you to see things differently and make a decision another direction. But if I had, you know, if I was doing an illustration and this door led in heaven and this door led in hell, if I don't walk in love, I shut that door. If I if I walk in hatred as a believer, I open that door. And no amount, there is no level and I, 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 naturally you wish, you know, sometimes you wish you, you didn't have to say this or you, you wouldn't have to say there is no level of evil that's been released to you or done to you that is justified to live in hatred or to live outside of God and his love. There is no level of hatred that's been done to any person. And we sometimes think in our rational, you know, uh, judgment of things, in our, in our perception of things, oh no, there is a level. Nope, there's not. The great thing about this, though, is when you're born again, the love of God is shed abroad where? In your heart which means that you actually have the capability within you and you just didn't know it, you just don't know it yet, or you know it in stages, or you know it really well because you've been at it for a while. There's actually love in you that will feel compassion for the one who tried to destroy you. Isn't that interesting? Boy, that's counter to natural, isn't it? Totally opposite to the natural. But in the spirit, the Bible says it this way, greater is he? Come on, think about the love that hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. Amen. That lives inside of us. That's why Jesus could lay out mandates that the, before he was raised from the dead, he would lay out things to the disciples, and the disciples would be like, What? Pray for those who hate you. The Jews are like, no. Shave your head. Throw ashes in the air. Put on your sword. They're dying. (laughs) You know, sometimes people think, yeah, I'm a Jew. No, you're just human. And all the Jews are just human, too. And we all have the same nature that's fallen that wants to take revenge. It doesn't matter, you know, people say, well, this culture's a little less this way, and this culture's a no, no, no. They've all been in wars. They've all murdered. There's been murder in every race, every group, every, 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 every. That's why politics will never solve all this stuff. Well, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the planet. We messed it up. Adam and Eve. I mean, that was it, right? So we got to realize that. We got to realize, especially as believers, hatred is blinding people today, like it always has. It's blinding people today, like it always has. And the very thing that Haman desired to happen to the Jews, he actually was destroyed on the very gallows that he prepared to destroy the people he hated. Whoo! So realize this. This is, I think, the lesson here. Realize this. If you're building a gallow for somebody, recognize. I know, that's that's wonderful, isn't it? Praise the Lord. I'm just going to repent. Stop building. Use the wood for something else. Build a she-shed. And go pray in your she-shed. Okay. Well, she-shed was a thing for a while, right? I saw commercials on it. All right. This is how my brain works. All right. Christian love is not a shallow sentiment, a passing emotion that we perhaps experience in a church service. Christian love is a practical thing. It applies in everyday of the everyday affairs of life. Just consider the one another statements in the New Testament, and you will see how practical it is to love one another. Here are just a few of these, and don't try to put these up on the screen, these scriptures, because I'm going to go through them, and you can just jot them down in your notes if you like. There are actually over 20 of them, but I'm not going to give you 20. Wash one another's feet, John 13, 14. Prefer one another, Romans 12, 10. And if you just want to write down the address, and then you can go look up the one another later. Be of the same mind one to another, Romans 12 16. Do not judge one another, Romans 14 13. Receive one another, Romans 15:7. Admonish one another, Romans 15:14. Edify or build up one another, 1 Thessalonians 5:11. Bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6.2. Confess your faults to one another, James 5.16. Use hospitality one to another, 1 Peter 4.9. So in short, to love other Christians means to treat them the way God treats them. And the way God treats us. Christian love that does not show itself in action... And in attitude is inauthentic. It is not, it's not enough just to say, I love somebody. You need to show it. You need to express it, right? It's not enough. You know, people say, well, I just don't feel like it. Well, then you're probably functioning in a high level of Christian love. Because this love isn't coming out of this it's coming out of the spirit man on the inside. You know, I think sometimes we don't realize how weak we really are. I'm talking about as believers, how far, how immature we really are at times. You know, sometimes have you ever looked at the well, we may get to it, we may not, but eventually get to the levels of spiritual maturity. And and everybody likes to think, oh yeah, I'm probably like at least 60 in the spirit. But yet, we get offended over losing a parking spot in the, in the church parking lot, which is easy to do, you know? Yeah, if you're offended about parking around here, you're not going to make it, you know what I mean? <laughs> Unless you got the sticker, you can, then your spot's reserved. <laughs> We got more growing to do. I got more growing to do. Amen? But that's okay, right? You, I, never, I don't get mad at my kids because I realize they got more growing to do. You know, it'd be nice if they just came out right. <laughs> you know, I realize that's not the case. What happens to a believer who does does not love the brethren? This is all, again, 1 John 2, 9 through 11. We have already seen the first tragic result. He lives in or she lives in darkness, though they probably think they are living in the light. 1 John 2, 9. They think they see, but they actually are blinded by darkness and the darkness of hatred. This is the kind of person who causes trouble in Christian groups. They think they are a spiritual giant with great understanding, when actually they are a baby with very little spiritual perception. They may read the Bible faithfully and pray fervently, but if hatred is in the heart, amen, then you're living a lie. And I'm not saying you're not saved. Amen. Now, some of these things, and this is the thing about spiritual maturity that I found out. I think the Lord, well, I know this. The, the standard for Christianity is only, you're only doing it through the miraculous. I'm talking about living in love. You can only do it supernaturally. You can't do it out of your flesh. You can't will power this kind of love. You need resurrection power in order to walk in this kind of love. You know, people, people think, oh Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm nice. Last time I checked, nice is not a fruit of the spirit. Are you saying that can be mean? Well, that's not a fruit of the spirit either. Right? It takes God's ability flowing through us. So then what is required? Intimacy with who? With God. how did mary get pregnant be it unto me according to your word in other words if you think of it in terms of of uh, of spiritual realities she in the spirit received the word of god and the one you start thinking about these things, man. It'll, it's it's out beyond natural thinking, but the one who would birth her into the kingdom she birthed. <laughs> I know. Your natural mind goes, What? That has to come out of the spirit. Because it, it, the one she gave birth to the one who saved her. So it's supernatural, right? This is beyond this is beyond the natural. So then the second tragic result is that believers who walk in hatred, they're a source of stumbling. And this is first John 2:10. It is bad enough when an unloving believer hurts himself, but when he starts or when they start to hurt others, the situation is far more serious. It is serious to walk in the darkness. It is dangerous to walk in the darkness when stumbling blocks are in the way. An unloving brother stumbles himself, or 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 child of God stumbles themselves, and in addition, they cause others to stumble. Now, this again, this is not the unpardonable sin, but we're, we don't want to do this. We don't want to live this way. A man who, there's a story of a man who was walking down a dark street one night, and he saw a pinpoint of light coming toward him in a faltering way. He thought perhaps the person carrying the light was ill or drunk, but as he drew nearer, he could see a man with a flashlight carrying a white cane. Why would a blind man be carrying a light? The man wondered, and then he just decided to ask. The blind man smiled. I carry my light not so I can see, but so that others can see me. I cannot help being blind, but I can help being a stumbling block. That's a pretty good point. In other words... I may never get somebody else, or you may never get me to walk in love like, you sh- like I should, but you could walk in love. And when you do, now think about this. Take this a step further. When you and I walk in love, we're carrying a light. So then even if somebody around is causing stumbling, you can shine the light. And others can what? Miss That stumbling block the best way to help other Christians not to stumble is to love them love makes us stepping stones hatred or any of its cousins such as envy or malice desiring bad uh, on another that's what malice is makes us stumbling blocks It is important that Christians exercise love in a local church, or else there will always be problems and disunity. When we are falling over each other instead of lifting each other higher, we will never become a truly happy spiritual family. Apply this, for instance, to the delicate matter of questionable things found in Romans 14.15. Since believers come from different backgrounds, they do not always agree. How many just agree on everything with everybody in the church? If you do, more power to you. I mean, I don't even. You know what I mean? This isn't just like... I mean, in Paul's day, they differed on such matters as diets and holy days. Has anything changed? No. It's the same today, right? It's exactly the same today. Now, think about this. He says this. He says, uh, let me find my spot again. There it is. One group said it was unspiritual to eat meat offered to idols. Another group wanted strict abstinence or observance of the Sabbath. There were several facets to the problem, but the basic to its solution was love one another. Paul puts it this way, let us not therefore judge one another anymore. Then he says, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. But if thy brother be grieved with thy food, now walkest thou not in love. Well, I'll just eat whatever I want whenever I want. There's a lot of that in the body of Christ. Well, I just do whatever I want. So what is Paul saying? He's saying if you are with somebody and you you look and you see, uh, and this particular situation was that you could buy meat that had been, the animals had been sacrificed to false gods. You could buy the meat in the marketplace after it was over. And your brother saw you eating in a place where that meat was sold. Paul said, you're now not walking in love. Now, he made, a, he made a caveat to this. And sometimes people think, well, I'm free. I have freedom. Freedom for what? Well, I can do whatever I want. Is that the gospel? Did Jesus come and live an example of, I'll do whatever I want? No. This is why maturity is more rare than common because how hard is this on our on our flesh right i mean how hard is this to to appeal if you're uh, if you're a red meat loving montana corn fed beef oh no it's grass fed now you can't you know And your your brother in Christ is a vegetarian. And you go out to eat with them and order a steak on purpose to prove a point. And you know this verse. You just now not you just didn't love your brother. We are to be so strong in the Lord. That everything we do is with an awareness of how the, the level of influence that we have in Him. Man, this is, it's challenging to me because I'm like, Lord, how does anybody live like this? He said, and He says this to me Sean, it's supernatural. You have to know me. You can't walk, you have to walk in intimacy with me, which is not easy. It takes work. Amen. This is good stuff. I'm loving this. I know you can't duck fast enough. I got it. Me neither. I've been thinking about this, reading over this, looking at it, going, Lord, how much of this do I read? But I'm thankful we get to go through it. He goes on to say this. A third tragic result of hatred is that it... um, it slows or stops a believer's spiritual progress. You can tell how old this commentary is because they use the word retards. And that's like not acceptable anymore. You can't say that in in a sense. But what they're saying is, it what? If I live in hatred, my spiritual development stops. Have you ever wondered at times, have you ever thought to yourself, Why am I not getting any further? This could be a reason. Not walking in love. Because spiritual growth is walking in love. That's what it is. And the wonderful thing about the Lord is this. um, Because there's no social promotion with the Lord. Do you know what I mean by that? When I was in grade school, there was this kid that kept getting held back, and we loved to play football, tackle football outside, right? Well, imagine you want this kid on your team because he's, he's two grades older than us but still stuck in our grade. So you, what is he? He's big, and he was big anyway. So who do you want on your team? I mean, literally, we'd be playing football, and if I was on the other team, you're watching him run the ball. Nobody can tackle him. He's dragon kids. In the kingdom, it's not that way. God doesn't do that. He doesn't do that to people where they're at. What does he do? He deals with each individual person where they're at, and he'll begin to speak to you and go, you don't want to do this. He'll begin to correct. He'll begin to discipline. He'll begin to convince you of, what the, of living the way He uh, out of the reality of the resurrection that is within you. Why does he do that? Because he's good, yeah, he loves us. But he knows that if I follow that path, where does it end? How does sin come about? What is the offspring of satanic things? What is the offspring of the seed of the word of God? Now, it's life and life more abundantly. It's eternal life. and you're, So you're telling me that eternal life will manifest in my flesh. A level of it will, yes. That's what we as Christians are. That's our witness is we are showing forth the resurrection. Living in a way where the world can't comprehend and it has no chance of ever doing it. Amen? I mean, it's just that way. So, the atmosphere of... Well, let me find my spot here. 1 John 2.11, so it slows spiritual progress. A blind man, a person who is walking in darkness, can never find his way. The only atmosphere that is conducive to spiritual growth is the atmosphere of spiritual light or of love. Just as the fruits and flowers need sunshine, so God's people need love if they are going to grow. The commandment, love one another, becomes new to us, and we looked at this before, In our own day-to-day experience, it is not enough for us to recognize that it is new in emphasis and say, yes, love is important, nor is it enough for us to see God's love exemplified by Jesus Christ. We must know this love in our own experience. The old commandment, love one another, becomes a new commandment as we practice God's love daily in our life. In other words, we have the ability to love the way God Loves. A Christian couple came to see a pastor because their marriage was, uh, was, was about to fall apart. They said, we're both saved, the discouraged husband said, but we just aren't happy together. There's no joy in our home. As the pastor talked with them and they considered together what the Bible has to say, one fact became clear. Both the husband and the wife were nursing grudges. Each recalled many annoying little things the other had done. If you two really loved each other, said the pastor, you wouldn't file these hurts away in your hearts. Grudges fester in our hearts like infected sores and poison the whole system. Then he read, love, 1 Corinthians thirteen five. this is the King James Version, Love thinketh no evil. He explained, this means that love never keeps records of things others do that hurt us. When we truly love someone, our love covers their sins and helps to heal the wounds they cause. Then he read this in First Peter 4, 8. Above all things, I have, ferv- have fervent love among yourselves, for love shall cover the multitude of sins. Before the couple left, the pastor counseled them, instead of keeping records of the things that hurt, start remembering the things that please. An unforgiving spirit always breeds poison, but a loving spirit that sees and remembers the best always produces health. A Christian who walks in love is always experiencing some new joy because the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. And when we blend love and joy, we will have peace, and peace helps to produce patience. In other words, walking in the light, walking in love, is the secret of Christian growth, which nearly always begins with love. There are other exciting truths in the rest of John's letter. But if we fail to obey in this matter of love, the rest of the letter may well be darkness to us. Perhaps the best thing we can do right now is to search our hearts to see if we hold anything against a fellow believer. Or if someone has anything against us. The life that is real is an honest life. And it is a life of doing Not merely saying it is a life of active love in Christ. This means forgiveness, kindness, and long-suffering. But it also means joy and peace and victory. You know, I'm going to see a victory. Love, the love life, is the only life because it is the life that is real. Amen? The love life is the only life because it is the life that is real. So, in other words, think about it this way. And I'm not going to get into 1 John 2.12. I'm not going to keep you over. It's already 8. But think about it this way. Besides that, if you do everything I just read, let's all do it by next week. Praise the Lord. We'll, n- there's nothing impossible to those who believe. I, <laughs> I'm just going to say this because it's been on my heart. But let me, let, me, I'm gonna say, let me finish my first thought here. People say, well, I want to see a victory, and I believe that that's for me. Yes, it is. In fact, the victory has already been won. All you're doing is manifesting what's already been done. You know, if the victory hadn't been won, Jesus would have to come die again. It's already been won. You've already got it in you. You have victory over every evil thing in your life because of Jesus Christ. But how does faith work? By love. See, many times, it's not an issue. I know in my own life this has happened more than once. It's, many ta- it's not an issue of, a lack of faith. It's an issue of a lack of love. And what I mean by lack, I don't mean you don't have it. Because you're born again. Romans 5.5. 5. The love of God. Well, I don't feel like it. Welcome to the faith fight. That's, what, that's part of what it is well, how am I going to do this? With God, all things are possible. Well, I just don't have it in my will. Well, the scripture says if you're open, he'll work his will in you. Well, I just, you know, it's not my temperament. If any man be in Christ, he has a new temperament. That's the Sean International version. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Guys, I know we've grown spiritually. I know we have. I mean, when Leanne was here, the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, Can you tell? They've grown. But there's a stature. There's a measure. I remember when you were a kid, or maybe you did it with your kids, and you'd have your kids stand in a door jam or something, and you'd, or on a wall, You mark, right? There's a stature on the wall of heaven. There's a measure. Who is it? Jesus. Now, unfortunately, when Leanne was here, she didn't prophesy. You have made it. (laughs) (laughs) Thou hast arrived, thus saith the Lord. That would have been nice. I wouldn't have believed her, but that would have been nice. I'm talking about for myself. (laughs) but she said what you've we've hey we've grown we're big i'm big do you see what i'm saying you know kids are like yeah what was it last time mom you've grown an inch but how many know oh it's going all over me all right how many know this is the this is the benefit of being up here. I see out there already. How many know there comes a stage in your kids' life where they hit a growth? And that's what I heard in my spirit. I want a growth. I don't want to just run around going I'm big, I'm big, I'm big. I want people to look at me and go, "Ho." Oh. Come on. How many you've been to a family reunion? 1 year and then 2 years later you go back and the, all the relatives go, "They've grown." Come on, we want to walk into places and people go, "Oh, you've grown." Come on. Come on. You see that? We're there. We're close. That's what I want. Man, I feel that. I can feel it all through me. I, I mean, in the spirit, not just on my natural. I do feel it on my natural. It's nice when you feel it on your natural. Two years from now, people look at you and go, now, what happened? You let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about forgiven and forgetting and going on. I am telling you, nothing is impossible with those who believe. And I'm not telling you that. Jesus told you that. And you don't need to go check it in the concordance. And you don't need to go check with another minister. He said it. It's so. Come on, say, I believe it. it. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. Lord, we purpose to be doers and not hearers only. Thank you for speaking to us tonight. Thank you for ministering to us. We receive this transformation, the impartation of truth. And we will walk in the light and purpose to walk in love. Lord, when we miss it. I know that we'll know within us and we will repent quickly and get it straightened out by your spirit and by your word. We thank you for the righteousness we possess in you and the ability that we have with you. We bless you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.